Gentlemen, welcome back. Glad to be back. Let's get this banter started. Grab your drink of choice and join the conversation. No topic is off limits. Welcome to Brotherhood of Banter, Season 2. Hello, everyone. We appreciate you tuning in once again for another episode with the Brotherhood of Banter. My name is Edgar. I'm Diego. And Lewis. So before anything, after our commercial break, we will sit down to discuss the topic of parenthood. But for now, I want to thank all the listeners for being here. So grab yourself a stool and join us for a drink at the Banter Bar. More like the banter, more like the banter coffee bar this time around. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was telling Lewis. I was like, you know, should we have a drink at the bar at ten in the morning? Yeah, you're you're, you're no longer you're no longer the uh, the bartender. You're the barista right now, man. This is, this is our first episode for listeners. This is our first episode being recorded in morning time. You know, it's uh, yeah, you're gonna hear a lot of coffee drinking. Yeah, so bear with us because our minds are still kind of in progress. So. But we'll do our best. They're starting up. <laughs> yeah. So, gentlemen, what are you drinking? Apple Coffee. juice. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this suddenly got so PG. <laughs> apple juice. Milk. Yeah. <laughs> well, Simply Lewis apple. was drinking apple go. juice. Yeah, I got to start my morning with my fresh cup of coffee. Absolutely. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> need it man need it let me see here so how about we start off with our random question get the juices flowing let's do it all right let's see if we can manage this one okay if you could change anything about your past would you and what would it be hmm. i'm gonna give you guys a second think about it because there would be a lot of things that you would want to change in the past. And the thing is, would you even change it, you know? Right. Yeah, that's where you get into the whole... I mean, I know it's not like a huge scale thing because, you know, we're not like big figures in the world stage, but... Yes. You got to... <laughs> <laughs> but you, you got to think about, uh you know, the whole butterfly effect thing here, yeah. right? Where any one little change, you know, could potentially change the entire course of everything so like for me i would have i would have loved to have gotten to know more of my father especially as a kid like i would have loved to experience with him his creative side for example but i know that if i would have had that that meant that means that he would have most likely not been in spain and if he wouldn't have gone to spain my mom wouldn't have gone to the u.s i wouldn't have come to the u.s after a few years i wouldn't have met you know my ex-wife had my kids met Gwen now like there's just so much shit you know that that would have gone differently most importantly a life in Colombia is very different to a life here I, I would have looked forward to job hunting and career hunting in Colombia because there's just not the same opportunities that 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 there are here so yeah man it's kind of hard to want to change something fundamental about about your life it really is would you remember like a specific moment that you would 
want to change, but probably wouldn't because like how we how we're talking about that it may change the future. Like for instance, let me let me put it on me. I would have okay, so with my high school friends, you know, everybody after high school, everybody went their own way. Yeah. So my friend that I've always been talking about that, you know, he passed away way too early when during the time that he was having trouble with his girlfriend after he graduated high school, that's when he made the decision to like, you know, just get away. And that's why he ended up in Arizona. I remember a specific moment that we had where we had a, like a really long conversation. And it was like the last time that I saw him in person. So I'm here thinking, would I go back to that moment? when he was confining me to say, Hey, look, you know, I, I want to make a change. I want to move and just start over. Mm, and I was right. like, yeah, bro. I was like, you know, just everybody needs it at some point, you know, follow me go and like, see what you find. If anything, you always can come back home. Right. So now I, I go back to that. I'm like, hey, maybe if I would have told him, bro, just hang in there, you know, kind of like see how it goes here, separate from your girlfriend and, and whatever, start over fresh year. Mm. Obviously that may have had an input on him, whether he was leaving but what if he would have stayed? What would have changed? Right. You know? Right. Because what if instead of taking him, it would have taken one of my other friends, you know, for some other reason? You know, like it always, like the world always has to make up for that one moment somehow, you know? Oh, yeah. Now you're getting into uh, Final Destination. <laughs> I was that. Final Destination. <laughs> but like, you know, it makes you wonder, like, if, if that would have changed or if we would. I'm pretty sure we would still be remain friends till till now because I would have made the effort to do so. But would my life have been, you know, the same? Because when he moved, we remained friends. We talked every day. And at that time, I was working with my dad. I was engaged. And it was because of him passing away that it kind of like put me over the top. And that's why I made the decision. Okay, I don't want to be in Miami anymore. I was frustrated at work every day. So I decided to quit. And then because I wasn't happy, I decided to break off my engagement. So that was my domino effect just from him passing away. So how would that have been different for me? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would have said, yeah, I would like to change it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these I think are the, uh, these are like those questions, you know, that you think about and you look back at, you know, like in, in my case, why would I change? I would change my my cooking, you know, making sure it's up there, up to par. Like my wife, right? She comes home and then like she sees, I don't know, in 20 minutes, she has like this whole meal prepped and ready to go. And it's kind of cool. It's like a superpower. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> pictures, man. I'm like amazed by the things that she makes. Yeah, yeah. She's always trying like different things. I'm, I'm still like at breakfast stage. Yeah. I make like a fried egg. <laughs> You know, and sausages. Yeah, I get that same that same feeling when when I see when I see Gwen cooking. Like she makes everything look so easy, stuff that should be easy technically, like because it's pretty simple stuff. But for me, you know, I struggle. I either you know comes out too wet or too dry or whatever, and and I really admire it. It really is kind of like a like a gift, you know. Yeah, I mean, one thing like when I try something, I'd plan it out. It's like, okay, what am I gonna make? You know, and then I go and I find the ingredient, and you know, like recipes and try to stuff to follow. But in her case, it's just in her head, and she just does magic, and it just comes out yummy. <laughs> so, what would you change specifically? Would you spend more time with your mom, 
or your yeah. grandmother or yeah or... i'd say with, with my mom at first to to know those recipes you know those recipes i've been craving um like um her sancocho her tamal you know her type of thing and then um also like um uh, like w once i would have that base then i can definitely like do different things in the kitchen you know because then that would have taught me to be more comfortable with like cutting and potatoes and you know all the vegetables and all that stuff so by this point if, then you know i'd be a lot more comfortable in the kitchen but see here's here's my question to that do you actually have that interest like is that something that you actually would be interested in pursuing even if you learned it well every time i'm hungry it's like <laughs> <laughs> your one your life regret right there it's like oh you know but i couldn't make something but now instead of you know heat something up <laughs> but that's could, a, have, could have made something of myself yeah. in the kitchen but you know <laughs> if you combine those things like i've i've heard that people once they they get used to cooking their appetite is not really the same afterwards like they're so tired from cooking that their meals is just like eh, like i'm over it you know like after craving it for so long you know, as to just being you and, you know, ordering something and, you know, craving that food and just having it delivered, you know, do you think it would be different if you were just more on the cooking side than on the eating side? I think, yeah, I think it'd be different. Like when it came to, yeah. Cause you know, I like how it is now and, and like, uh, let's say my wife is working or, or, or whatever, we'll order food. You know, it just so you save that time, you know, that you would use in cooking and then you could just use it for like, I don't know, watching TV or whatever the hell you want to do. Recording and I'm podcast. a big fan of that stuff. <laughs> 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 uh, but the other way around, like most of the stuff that I order, it's not going to be like the healthiest stuff. You know, if I like, on the other hand, if I knew how to, or if I was comfortable, cause like, you know, I have the idea in my head, but one thing is thinking it and the other thing is doing it would be, like, hey, you know, uh, maybe I would have eaten healthier because I'd be making it myself. Or if I knew how to make stuff myself, <laughs> it can even go the other way in which I'd be eating a lot more junk food because now I can make it. True. Type mm -hmm. of thing, you know? So I don't know. You don't know which way it would go. Hey, did you meet, when did, do you remember when you met your wife? Like, I don't uh, need like the yeah. whole story, but like at that moment where you met her? Like when we first officially met? Like, yeah, like was uh, it with yeah. like, group of friends at the club or stuff like that no it was a, an interview like i was like she walked into the store this was at staples back in the day so i walked she walked into the store for an interview and i just happened to be working there so i took her to the manager that's how we first met really yeah did she get the not. job yeah she got the job <laughs> so okay so you met so you like got to know each other at work not really, because after oh. that, I went to a different store. I got promoted, so I went to a different store. And then, oh. you know, we, we would, like, mutually hang out with, like, Sassy. You know, she would be, like, there. And um, and we would, like, see each other that way or because we'd have, like, mutual friends type of thing. But, yeah, oh, I mean, that, that's how we okay. met, yeah. Uh, I was wondering because I'm like, what if you would have paid more attention to cooking and spending time with your mom? And they would have made change your life and somehow where i don't know you didn't go to a certain restaurant you didn't go to a certain place you didn't have a meal with a certain person because you made all the food yourself and that kept you from meeting you know your wife just because you learned how to cook oh i see so would you still want to learn how to cook <laughs> <laughs> nah <laughs> 
but no, it's like, because let's say even if we take a look before that, because we met like later, you know, I was like in my 20s. I could have learned like my mom's recipes before that. Yeah, man. I've been craving those. Yeah, those are amazing. Diego, how do you feel? Imagine I can make them. Mm -hmm. You know how many I would have a day? I I just don't, I don't see how I would be skinny. (laughs) So learning how to cook would have like uh, had an effect on your health. So it's a good thing you didn't learn how to cook. (laughs) Yeah, but I need you alive, man. No empanadas for you. Although Diego makes a heck of a freaking eggs, man. Like his breakfast, I don't know why he's like not giving himself more more credit in the kitchen. Because well, like, I mean, but breakfast is the easy one, right? Breakfast is the yeah, one that I like making breakfast. See, That's really see entry point. Breakfast, breakfast is like the you know the the marijuana of the food gateway drug. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to get to that heroin. I want to get to that meth. You know, level where you can. Whip up an incredible stuffed something, you know, with caramelized shit, you, you know, all that. Right. I love it, bananas, so yeah, yum. Yeah, yes, freaking Lewis's mom makes some great ones. I think she made buñuelos that day I was there too. Yeah, I learned how to make that. That's one thing I learned how to make. So I can make buñuelos and make them rounder than my mom, and I bug her about it because whenever I make them, like back in the day when we were little, she would make the buñuelos, right? But it would be the ground. Right. And I would bugger because like you go to the store and they're perfectly round. So when I started making them, they come out perfectly round and I send her a picture every time. Be like, mine are still better than yours type of thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Diego, do you got to have anything more on your part? You know, if you would have spent more time with your dad, do you think that would have made a, an improvement on where you are now or, or would it's you rather to, stay? It's hard to say, man, because at the same time, you know, yeah, I would have been exposed to everything that's negative about him too. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of impact that would have had. I would have loved to have experienced his creative side, but probably not everything else about him. Because it's it's now being able to like compare myself to him and see how easily I could have gone down certain paths that he went. That was when I realized, like, ooh, yeah, that's uh. I'm glad that I got to develop aside from him so that I could then see, all right, you know, I made my own path, developed myself in my own way. And I don't have to repeat that, that uh, story that he's lived out. So, yeah. um, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think I would have changed. I think there's some other more like isolated things that, Mm -hmm. that I probably would have changed, you know, like I, for example, I around age eight when I got to this country, I had a uh, suddenly a stepbrother thrust into my life because of the man that my mom had married, and that dude ended up doing some inappropriate stuff to me. And I can talk about this now because I've you know I've forgiven the guy and I've healed from that. But that was something that happened to me, and it was completely in silence. Like no one knew about that. For many, many years, I think the first person to find out about it was my mom, but I was already a grown man because it's something that I just had never shared with anybody. I think maybe with the exception of a pastor when I was a teenager and I started kind of like working through that. But that's something that I feel could have easily been could have been eliminated from my life and nothing else would have been impacted in you know a negative way. 
I think there would there would have only been positive outcomes for me personally to not have to go through that shit or you know things like um college starting my career earlier and instead of like you know spending two and a half years or three years wandering around with no goal i feel like that could have only you know helped me help my financial situation help my life overall i don't think it would have had any negative impacts necessarily because i was already married you know or rather if i still got married when i was 21 my life would have still followed a very similar course you know so those kinds of isolated aspects of my life I feel like they could have changed without necessarily altering the overall course of my life. Those would be my my picks, I think. Okay, so if you would have gone to college, you know, what well, not even to college, just to get into what you do now, you know, your passion, you would have definitely wanted to get early an earlier start on it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember when is it that you got into what you do now? Like when you were like, okay, this is what's it for me? Yeah, it was pretty much um right after Deanna was born right after my daughter was born uh which i was 23 24 24. so something must have happened that made you say okay you know i love this this is what i'm gonna gonna continue doing yeah well i mean it was it was just the fact that i i was doing this stuff kind of naturally like i naturally started messing around with photoshop i naturally started going into all that and then it was the input of my then wife and the input of uh, of a friend at that time that I was living with that he he's the one that gave me a bootleg copy of Photoshop you know he's the one that really told me like you should you know um start doing this with some more like serious software and that's that's really what it was you know it was just a realization like okay I do have this talent you know some people around me are recognizing like hey you got something there go and you know go through the filter of school to turn it into something formal and so I feel like that could have just that could have happened earlier, you know, had I had somebody involved in my life who would have recognized that. Um, but my mom, like, you know, my mom, she dropped out when she was like in middle school in Colombia, and that that was it. You know, she's worked the rest of her life, so her lack of dominance of the English language, all that stuff, kind of contributed to her just not really being able to guide me in that sense. So I had nobody except for the people around me, like my peers and stuff like that. I made a count, but I didn't go to the school counselor out of my own accord. Mm-hmm. So unless somebody would have come to me and told me, you know, like broken into my loneliness in that sense, when, when it came to, you know, my, to the development of my life after high school, unless somebody would have broken through that, I was going to have no, no, no real way of like saying like, Oh, I got this talent, you know, I want to turn it into a career. No, because so, it makes me yeah. wonder if, if you would have got into it earlier, would you have stayed with it? You know, because you know how when, when you're young, we get a lot of interest and it's just kind of like a moment kind of thing where it's like, oh, man, this is cool for the time being. So it makes me wonder if like the mentality that we had at that age, if that would have been presented to you, maybe you would have been like, ah, you know, this is not for me. And you would have ended up somewhere else as to being presented to you, you know, after your girl was born, you know? Right. No, I, I don't think so, man. At least not not in my case, because this is being able to do something that I that I legitimately enjoy and would be doing without it being my career. I, I truly think that this is something that I, you know, would have yeah. stuck with. 
Like as a creative design and all that, you've been doing it since I met you. You know exactly, right? Yeah. Right. With, so uh, like it's 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 a dream come true, really. You know, to be able to do yeah. this for a living and get paid well for for doing something that is that is a legitimate passion. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade that for the world. Thank so yeah, I, re I really do wish that I would have discovered it earlier. You know, that I would have found it earlier. Yeah, because realistically, you started when you started putting those pictures on paper. You know, when we would draw yeah. after school and all mm -hmm. that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, man, we really got into the, that warm-up question, but I'm glad because it, it made the juices start flowing. So guys, when we come back, we'll discuss parenthood and uh, we'll see you guys at the breakfast table. So we'll be right back after this commercial break. Hey guys, this is Joshua and you're listening to Brotherhood of Banter. Don't you dare click away because this is awesome. All right, guys, welcome back. We are here with Edgar with diego and myself and we are going to talk about parenthood <laughs> yes we are so on our last episode we discussed character traits and values growing up we live with morals ethics values and principles but now the roles have changed what are we trying to implement to our kids so that's going to lead us in to parenthood so i think we can start off with our first question our first question being how did your childhood impact your parenting style? Hmm. Okay. So Diego, would bigly, you like to bigly as our president says, big, big. <laughs> Diego, would you like yeah. to start us off? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I lived a very lonely childhood because my mom was, uh, well, I lived a lonely childhood childhood since I came to this country in Colombia. I actually didn't, you know, I was being raised by my, from like age two until age eight. It's being raised by my grandmother and my youngest aunt was still living with my grandmother and she was kind of like a you know big sister figure to me and i had some cousins that would come visit frequently and my grandfather and an uncle who also lived in that same house so there was always like a sense of you know having family around me and i had all my friends from the block um jenny from that, the block. jenny from the block uh we would you know play every single day so it's like i was surrounded by this whole you know, unit of friendship and family. And then when I got here, it was the, the complete opposite. You know, ever after like the, after the first year of being in the United States, it was just complete, complete loneliness because um, my mom would work, you know, day and night. And I would spend after school, I would just go to the apartment in New York because we moved from Miami to New York after second grade. And I would just spend the entire day alone, completely alone, just watching TV, watching wrestling, watching Ninja Turtles. And then that kind of continued after I returned to Colombia for a year and a half and then got back to the U.S. It, it was it continued in that same fashion. I was back in Miami, but my mom was still working, you know, day and night. And I would spend so much of my time to of my you know days alone. So it didn't bother me because it's, it's kind of like. I don't know. It went fine with my temperament, like, you know, my introvertedness and all that. So I didn't suffer. I, you know, was kind of chilled and enjoyed being to myself and just being able to do whatever the hell I wanted. But when I had kids, you know, I didn't want to repeat that story because that just resulted in like absent parenting. You know, <laughs> my mom wasn't there most of the time. And, um, you know, I knew also that my kids weren't necessarily going to be exactly like me. So, sure, I was fine. It fit my personality type. 
but that didn't mean that, you know, something like that would fit theirs. So it was definitely, and then let's not even talk about my, my, my dad, you know, his absence, his complete absence in my life drove me to want to be very present in my kids' lives. So I think that was kind of like the impact there for me. Which is good, you know, that you realized that, you know, your kids weren't going to be the same. And even though growing up, that was the normal for you and you were okay with it, growing up, you were like, okay, you know, my kids need something different, you know? Yeah. Which a lot of people tend to not to, to realize. Mm -hmm. So they just figure out, oh, you know, this is what I was raised with, you know? That's, yeah. That's they should be okay with it too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you got to know your kids for who they are, you know? That's been the, yeah, that's been the goal. Okay. For sure. Uh, Lewis? Well, in my case, uh, I mean, parenting, like being raised with my dad and my mom present and having my little sister around as well, like um, it obviously sets the standard, you know, it was always like the grades, do as you're told, and that's it. Um, I was always like, like well behaved, like in public and not running around and that type of thing. Otherwise, I know I'd get hit. You know, and then um, when it came to my studies, I'd also get hit if I'm not getting like <laughs> and and it's that kind of sets that's the... flying out left and right, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that kind of sets the standard. It's like, okay, this is what's doable. You know, it's just what's expected. So in my parenthood role, it's it's that's the that's the goal: get A's and B's, and don't act a fool when, when in public or, you know, or, or be disrespectful or anything like that. And that is the standard of, of, well, of my background that I bring to this relationship, you know, right. And being a, a stepdad, it's like, it, it, it's different because when it came to my wife's standard, right, it'd be completely different. That wasn't her disciplines and that wasn't her standard set by her uh, parents. You get me? So then there's the, a conflict. The getting hit part? Uh, yeah, the getting yeah. hit part or the get good grades or or, or else type of thing. Mm -hmm. So when you merge the, both of those mindsets, right, it, it creates, uh, obviously it creates conflict because uh, Carla, she doesn't really hit Natalie or anything like that, right? Instead, she takes away the stuff that she would like, like her. Um, I don't know, tablet, stuff like that. In my case, when I was little, I'd get hit and also get the stuff taken away. Um, <laughs> so, so, so you see that, like, sometimes... You, you, would you get, hold on, would you get hit with the stuff that was taken away belt. <laughs> you know what's <laughs> funny? In our banter question, you could have gone back in time to change that. <laughs> <laughs> so then... Um, uh, what was it? So then that, like my wife and I would, would have like um, different opinions on how to, uh, what is it not access, but how to like oversee certain situations and stuff like that. You know, it, it's like, it's like one of, one of my arguments have been like, okay, you know, before COVID, you know, should get A's and B's. Right. So if it's after COVID and classes, really easier you know a lot less work type of thing especially for like the year ending you know march to to whatever so shouldn't the expectation move up shouldn't it just be a's because you're literally just home you know mm -hmm. so that was my mindset but obviously it didn't match her mindset 
but there's different scenarios like that in which, hey, do this or hey, do that. And, you know, it works out, but we still bump heads because of that, because of our set expectations, because of our past experiences. And we manage it in which, you know, it's, it's like a fair thing. Like sometimes, you know, like I back up what she says or she backs up what I say. And, you know, that helps, that helps give uh, Natalie that, what do you call it, that stability and the expectations, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I remember uh, we found out that she wasn't, um, with her online classes, we realized that she wasn't doing her homework and she wasn't even, not, I wouldn't say logged in, but like paying attention. She, was, she would have like YouTube running and she was listening to that as opposed to what was going in class. So obviously, you know, it's expected, it's a kid, but then, um, you know, we agreed to punish her and no, no tablet, nothing like that for that period. It was like a week or, or two weeks, something like that. And that was the case in which, you know, we mutually agreed. And when the period came by, you know, at the end of the punishment, then it's like you sit her down and you talk to her. Hey, you know, it's very important for you to pay attention. It's very important for you to be successful. You know, you have to do the A's and B's. You have to do this. Otherwise, you won't be, you know, or you'll, you'll miss out on opportunities just because of something you missed or didn't learn. And going forward, I mean, her, between her reading and doing her, her assignments and stuff like that. I mean, this is like the foundation for high school, you know, knowing your timetables and stuff like that. And then it, it really teaches yourself how to, you know, how to learn, you know, how to teach yourself stuff you and stuff like that. But, but yeah, man, I mean, setting those expectations when I was little and the same for my sister, I think has paid off, has paid off in the future for us, you know, my sister, and myself. So I definitely see that as essential in, in my role. Okay. Well, before I go, I just want to fill in the listeners. You're probably going to hear from time to time, you know, let's talk about, you know, the kids, our relationships and all that. So something I should have brought up at the beginning, the three of us are at three different points when it comes to our parenthood. Uh, in, in Diego's case, you know, he had his wife, he had his two kids and now he's in a different point in his life, but he's still raising his kids. In Lewis's case, you know, he met someone, he eventually got married, and now he's, you know, cooperating to, you know, raise uh, her child. In my case, I am engaged with someone that, you know, has a child as well. Uh, Lewis and I were in the relationship at a different point, so he was able to get his little girl a lot younger. Mine is at she's almost going to be you know 18 it's very different points so when it comes to to my case my parents they weren't really involved in not not the raising part but just like you know how you guys were talking about Louis, you know your parents being there and and trying to have like a certain standard you know my dad he always saw it as you know i just got to go to work and i you know put food on the table you know and, and a roof over your head and, and that was it uh, and his way of kind of managing us was just out of like intimidation. So it was anything we did, he would just give us that one look and, and, and that was it. You know, we had to kind of adjust to what we were doing to make sure we were putting our best selves forward. My mom, she was more of the lenient one. She was just like kind of like anything goes, I'll give you rules. But she really didn't expect us to follow it. So now that we 
come to this point and you know i'm in a relationship i came into a relationship where you know she was already in her teenage years i didn't really have anything to go off of because my parents were so different and their raising you know was completely opposite ends so i kind of just tried to manage what i figured was the best so since my dad wasn't around because he was always working i figured you know i'll make the best effort to kind of you know get to know her spend more time with her and get involved in the things that she liked instead of just forcing her to like the things that I liked, which is something my dad did. You know, whenever he was doing handy stuff around the house, it was no choice but to help him or he's building something or cut the grass or whatever. When it came to punishment, there wasn't really any. We didn't get hit. I think my dad grounded me once in my entire life. And the only thing he ever took away was when when he gave me a car for my birthday, it was just taking it away because I wasn't following his rules of just going to school and coming back when it comes to my mom like you know it wasn't really much much there so I didn't really take a lot from her besides just kind of listening you know to to the kids and, and making sure that we were involved and show love and accepted you know each individual for who they were and that's what I've done you know with my stepdaughter and I feel like we're at a good point I'm curious do you um do you well two questions the first mm -hmm. one is do you want to experience what it is to raise smaller kids or do you feel like you have satisfied that part of you by this experience with your stepdaughter i think yeah i feel like i have satisfied that need but it wasn't really much of a need like the only time i ever wanted kids was when i was engaged when i was mm -hmm. uh, 19 or 20 right and that's only because i thought i had met the one and you know, our whole life was sad and we were, you know, graduating, going to college, you know, like the, what they consider the normal. Right. And I was like, yeah, you know, I actually want to have a kid with her and I wanted to have a little girl, which is kind of rare because a lot of guys rather have you know, little boys. Yeah, boys. And, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, after that, I think I fed my, my need throughout the relationships that I would get involved in because my, one of my relationships, she had a kid and he was probably like two years old. I kind of got the taste of that, you know, the the whole changing diapers, the whole, you know, learning to walk and all that stuff. Tons fast, of fun. Yeah. Fast forward a couple of years and I met someone else that had three kids. And I think they were between the ages of like five and, and 10. And it was, they were awesome kids, great kids. But I noticed that my patience, maybe it was my age, I don't know. My patience wasn't really all there to be involved 24 mm. seven. Right. So that's when I kind of started noticing, like, you know, I really don't want kids. I enjoy time with them. I do love kids. When my nieces come over and they're all between the ages of one and like five, I go out of my way to like, it sounds horrible, but get down to their level, you know, just to the things that they mm -hmm. like, you know, want to play games, hide and go seek. I don't mind doing all that. But I know at mm -hmm. the end of it, I'm going to be like, well, here's your kids back. I'll see you next time. And, and that's about <laughs> yeah. it. Thanks for lending them to me. Yeah. So I, I think I've gotten... Uh, kids at different stages so i kind of mm -hmm. got to experience all that so i think i'm good i'm good with just what i've been involved in so what about what about you lewis do you uh, what what age was your stepdaughter when you stepped into her life like i mean we she knew i existed type of thing but mostly like uh let me see nine, ten, eleven. so she knew like when she was like seven eight so she's like 11 now 
But when it came to like satisfying my need for children, yeah, absolutely. It's like, I don't want to have little kids and then, mm. you know, like change diapers and then have to pay attention and focus on now. It's a lot easier. Yeah, because like easier now, you know, being two years married, it's it's easier because you do all that stuff yourself, you know. So you know, like wiping yourself and using the bathroom and taking a shower. So it's mostly like, hey, you know, keep you alive, right? And <laughs> and have like bonding, you know, like food and, and yeah. bonding, and that's fine. And when it comes to anything more like, like let's say I don't know, she was I don't know a year old or something then that whole scenario of watching you 24 seven and you know like like the crying and and, and that stuff is, is not something i'm a fan of you know yeah. I, I i'd probably i probably like just set up discipline in which you cry i don't know just, just stop <laughs> and and they don't obviously you can't you can't possibly control that so there's no way um to do that but but no, it doesn't work for me. Not interested. Um, you you had only you had one sibling, right? Yes, sister. Younger or older? Younger, ten years younger. Oh damn! Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. So so uh, the second question to both of you then: Do you feel like having younger siblings makes you less desire makes it less desirable to have little kids? That was a good question. I actually got to experience two of them. I think when my sister was born, I, I would have been a fan because I enjoyed taking care of her and spending time with her. And uh, when my mom wasn't around, I would actually volunteer to like babysit her and stuff. And mm -hmm. it was great. Like we did everything together. Like we would dress up even if it wasn't Halloween, just to like play charades and, and anything that we can come up with. We were playing when my little brother was born. I was already over it. Like I wanted nothing mm -hmm. to do with the kid. And he would just show up in my room. And I think you were around for those years, Diego, and where yeah, you know he yeah. would come around and I would kick him out and <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff. And I always used to be like, damn, bro, why are you so mean to your brother? <laughs> <laughs> for yeah. real. So it was like I, I didn't want anything to do with him. Like he was a cute kid, but you know, it, it wasn't him. The problem was me. You know, you go through those teenage yeah. years, you want nothing to do with them, you think you're too cool for for your siblings right. and all that. Uh, but yeah, I think by the time when my brother came around, I was already like, you know, I, I saw the struggles my parents went through and yeah, I didn't want any part of it, but I didn't even think about it that way. D that was a good one. Yeah. yeah it's a good I point you brought up. It has to have an impact. What about you, Lewis? Yeah. Like on my end, like, um, thinking about my sister, right. And was, uh, I was like 10 when she was born. So as we were growing up, you know, I definitely saw her grow up. And uh, the interesting part is that. Uh, like Edgar, I would like to like try to keep her away, you know, like close my room. The penguin. Uh, because, yeah. So she would go ahead and like, uh, like I had a whole bunch of little toy cars, micro machines, little soldiers and stuff. And she'd like mess it all up or, or something like that. So I saw her as more of a, of a, of annoyance, I guess. And as opposed to her as she was growing up in which you know we were playing video games and, and bonding and you know and, and killing people in battlefield and stuff like that so that was fun now that she's older it's just like we always have that you know disconnect in age but overall like when you look back 
yeah, I, I guess that stayed with me because I'm not interested, you know, in having a little kid, you know. So yeah, I think I think if you're if you're um, you know a person, man or male or female, who is particular about your space and your organization of the stuff around you and keeping things well kept, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, a two year old, a three year old, that that is not going to help with uh, with your peace of mind because man, they will wreck shit, just yeah. anything and everything, including themselves. You know, for me, the reason why I asked that about the, you know, having siblings changing your perspective on wanting to have little kids is because I, my sister was born, my sister on my mom's side was born when I was 17. So 17 year old gap or 17 year gap. And she was born in very volatile circumstances. Like my mom had a very, very high risk pregnancy and birth and both their lives were at risk. So like my mom, when she gave birth and they both actually survived, she ended up being in a very um, delicate state. And I would have to take care of my sister. I even took her to school with me like three times, like in high school, uh, because my mom just couldn't take care of her during the day. And so if she was having like a really bad moment health-wise uh, after, you know, during her recovery, I just took her to school with me and like my teachers, you know, kind of, I guess, understood. I don't know what I was thinking really, but they, they went along with it. I mean, and you could so, have been a parent at that age, you know, dropping her right. off. Yeah. 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 And uh, what ended up happening is that I, I left when I was 19, I left my mom's house when I was 19 and those two years that I experienced with my little sister, most of which her dad wasn't in the picture. I, it gave me a curiosity for being with little kids, right? And it was like, you know, oh, I could do this, you know, mm -hmm. I, I could, I could do this whole little, little, you know, baby thing. And so I, aside from that, I really didn't have any reference to what it was to be, to have to coexist with a little human being because I was alone the, my entire childhood. So, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't have anything deterring me from wanting to have little kids. And so, you know, I, it was really a fresh experience for me having Gianna and then having Joshua. It was cool. Like I didn't, I didn't really mind it, but I imagine had I grown up with an annoying little sister, annoying little brother, ee, ee, touching all my shit and, you know, disorganizing my shit, probably been a pretty, uh, pretty different story. Yeah, could you imagine if I had a kid now in this room? Ooh. Oh, <laughs> man, Ninja Turtles flying everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'd have to put them up for adoption. Seriously. Okay, well, that's a good transition to our next question, which is what obstacles did you encounter as a first time parent? Well, yeah, I think you're right. That is a good transition. That's that one thing. <laughs> like, I, you know, I've always been very particular about my space, about keeping things organized, about keeping keeping things in um, in good shape. Yeah, that was definitely something to get used to, man. Like feeling like my shit was no longer mine. And they, at any moment, something could be broken, cracked, you know, it's not, it let wasn't me, something. Let me rewind. Uh, when you were, you know, when you were taking care of your sister and stuff like that, and the idea was kind of like, you know, put in your head, like, you know, I can do this. How right. much later, you know, after you met your, your ex-wife and all that, was that idea back in your head? Was it something she brought up or did that stay with you all the time that made you say, okay, now I would like to have kids? Um, no, we we had said when we got married, we said that we wanted to be kid free for at least three years. Mm -hmm. And we ended up conceiving around two and a half year mark. 
So technically, Gianna was born, you know, and completed those those three years. So we kind of reached that goal. And by the time she was born, uh, we, you know, it was on purpose. We planned it. We were ready. We wanted a okay. kid. Like we both started feeling that that desire. And it just happened naturally, really, you know. Were the obstacles you were assuming you were going to be confronted with different than the ones you actually ran into after she was born? Well, to be completely honest, man, I didn't know. I didn't have any obstacles in my mind. I, okay. like, I didn't have anything that I was, uh, uh, what's the word, looking out for, I guess, that I, that I feared. Okay. And I think it does have to do with that lack of point of reference, mm -hmm. not having coexisted with young siblings or anything like that. It allowed me to walk into parenting with kind of a blank slate. I didn't really know what to expect, so I didn't have positives or negatives. Everything was kind of a surprise along the way. Okay. And what did you actually run into once she was born? Because I'm I'm sure by when Joshua was born, like you already had it like, you know, set. You were like, okay, I know what to expect, what I'm going to do. It's just a boy. Just switch it up a it bit. Was, it was much easier. Yeah, it was much easier. Uh, but the first time, I think it the stuff that most parents have to deal with, which is your time is no longer yours. You know, your sleep is no longer yours. Your bed is no longer yours. Your silence is no longer yours. And during those first two to three years, that shit could get to a lot of people, man. And, mm -hmm. and to me, it did because I love being in silence. I love being in peace. I love being having space and being by myself for periods of time. So to, to suddenly not have that at all was, you know, pretty difficult. And even even though back then I relate a lot on her because mm -hmm. you don't have a choice. You know, the first year of life for a child, is the child is, you know, yeah, man, it's 80% moms and 20% dads, no matter how involved you want to be. There's just so much, only so much that you can do, um, especially if breastfeeding is involved. You know, it was really, it's not up to me, you know, to do any of that. So, so yeah, it was, it was, it was just a very alien kind of season and environment that. I just, you just have to navigate, man, and try to navigate as best as you can and be as patient as you can and not get pissed off at each other within the couple because you're getting little sleep because the baby's fucking crying again. You know, it's, oh, God, Chinese or torture method. Maybe <laughs> at times. Nah, Diego, like I told you before, man, that I have a lot of respect for you when it comes to that because, you know, knowing who you were, you know, as a teenager and, and the way you grew up, it's, you know, a completely 180 as to how your life changes. And then unfortunately missing out on so much of your life and seeing you now is like, you would have never guessed, you know, if I had just met you now and you told me these stories, I would have been like, nah, bro, I don't believe it. Like, you know, <laughs> like just wanting right. your own time and all that stuff and, mm -hmm. and seeing you with your kids, which, you know, I finally got to experience and it was great. It was like, yeah, this is not the guy that, you know, that, that I used to know or he would talk about, you know? So, yeah, man, a lot of respect to you, bro. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Louis, I know in your case it's different. You know, you came into this, you know, at a different point in your life. So I'm sure the obstacles were a little different. What did you run into? Well, at first it was, you know, um, adding my set of standards and goals to her uh, mindset, to Natalie's mindset. Mm hmm like, I mean, she had a base, but it, it's always a matter of, you know, she's young and she's smart. So let's challenge that ability to have her develop different skills. 
so it's just mostly like the hardest part is just bumping heads with the wife really like hey i want to do this type of thing and then like oh no no don't do that type of thing so then it's like crap you know and that happens randomly you know it's not like all the time or um, object but I, I guess because she's looking at it from her mother, you know, from her her mom point of view. Right. So then it's more of a defensive thing as opposed to, you know, you're, you're challenging your child. Yes. But overall, you know, the benefit is 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 higher. And that's just very like the stuff varies like from um, her eating too long, for example, you okay. know, she would. Her average time is about an hour and 40 minutes eating a meal. <laughs> wow. Eating I thought I took meal. forever. Damn. So, so then it, it's like different aspects, you know, like, uh, hey, you know, we can try this or we can try that. And, and I think it, it all has to do with Natalie's, um, what is it? Natalie's not, how do you phrase it? It's like she, Natalie would have she has no concept of, of, of time because she hasn't really been forced to do this or forced to that. I mean, she has now started with COVID. Oh, eight something. She has to be in this room, 8.30. She has to be in that room. And, and you know, it's physical classrooms that you change on the website. Okay. So she sees that. But before, there is no punishment of time. There is no, hey, time goes by and you got to do this and now you got to do that. So one of my ideas has always been, oh, okay, here's 30 minutes. And by creating, like, for example, the, the lack of food in her mind that, hey, it's possible that I'm not going to eat or, hey, it's possible that I'm not going to be full or I'm going to be hungry later, but I'm not going to be able to eat because I didn't eat my food. Then that challenged her, you know, that challenged, challenged her ability to, hey, let me eat fast for a change so I get my food. So, I mean, there's pros and cons to the to the to that point of view but in reality it's like you know it's been what 11 years so let's try something different yeah it's hard you know it's hard on them does that yeah. it's hard on you yeah so then uh and, and it's not just here i mean she does the same thing with her like at her grandma's house or her it's like you have to be on top of them in order for them to finish their food at an average time, you know, like 40 minutes or so. But in reality, it shouldn't be that way. It's like, here, here's your food, eat it. Here's your homework, do it. You know, yeah. that's it. But that's really where we bump heads. Okay. Well, I'm going to remind myself next time I eat with you, Lewis, to eat a little faster because <laughs> I'm pretty slow too. Give me, give me them flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I feel bad, man, because I'm like, man, am I keeping people from doing something by eating so slow? <laughs> um, well, maybe you can relate to this obstacle, Lewis, because mine started before even falling into the parent role. It was just being present in front of the child, you know, like saying, hey, look, I'm here. Now what? You know, am I going to be accepted? The obstacles, not even just necessarily as a parent, was just being the partner of, of their mom. And it was first being accepted. Once I was accepted, then you run into the obstacles like, okay, when is the correct time to step in? And I honestly didn't know how to do it. So I would slowly try to manage because obviously you can't step over, you know, the parents, 
the parents' toes and be like, no, you know, I think we should do this instead of this. You can only suggest it and, and see what happens. But luckily, I believe uh, my stepdaughter made it a lot easier than the mother did. She kind of just, if I ask her to do something, she, for the most part, she'll be pretty good at doing it. It's like, you know, pick up this or pick up that. But if I'm not around, then it doesn't get done. The other obstacles were probably finding a way to kind of coexist at the same time as her dad coming around and all that stuff because it was it's like when he's around do i make decisions do i not make decisions and luckily he's giving me the respect of like okay you're you're the guy that's in this house if i come visit and let's say hey look i'm gonna take you know my daughter out to this and if you have something planned you know is it okay you know, so luckily he's he's always giving me that respect. He'll look at me like saying, hey, is it okay? Even though it's, you know, his daughter. He could easily say, well, you know, it's my kid and I'm taking her out. But he'll check in and be like, you know, hey, do you guys have anything planned? No, okay, would it be okay? So I appreciate that. Um, other obstacles other than that, I don't think we ran into yet. I think they'll, they'll definitely come along the way. Was that something that you ran into, Lewis, when... when you finally notice when she finally noticed, okay, Louis is going to be around a lot more than, than I thought he would be, you know? Like she's always been like, um, uh, respectful in that case when it says, Hey, you know, um, see if you can clean up your room or it's, it's always has never been an issue lately. She's a lot more grouchy, you know? <laughs> and, and I think it's cause you know, she's coming into her teen years. She's 11. She's going to be 12 in March. You know, and then it's going to start. And this is just the very beginning of all that stuff yeah. everyone always talks about. This is your life. Yeah. I think I can. I think that's one like step that I have on you guys as to where I can tell you what the future is going to bring when it comes to girls. <laughs> I would like to say it gets easier. I guess it all depends on the child. And I think, you know, for the both of you, just like myself, we have great female children. You know, they, they're well behaved. Yeah, they have their little things here and there, but what kid doesn't? So I don't think we're going to have anything to worry about, at least you guys, when you guys get to the point that Sophie's at. But it's just more getting used to, like, the girly things. Like, you know, once you hear, hey, can you mind doing me a favor and passing me, like, a pad? That's when it's like, Ooh. yeah, yeah right. that's when it's like, okay, we hit a whole other level of comfort. <laughs> so I'm so, dealing with her shit since she was nine, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Diego's had experience for years, so the rest should be a piece of cake. I, she, she was she was under my care when that happened for the first time. When oh she really? First, yeah. yeah. And I, I, you know, she to this. She'll be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, luckily, she I don't think she listens to this this podcast yet. Anyway, uh, yeah, man, it happened, and when it happened. I was like, okay, let, let's go to CVS quick. I, you know, ran to CVS. I got her like, you know, a shit ton of stuff that probably she didn't need. And then, <laughs> you know, I, we got back back to the back to my apartment back then. And, and you know, I I was like, hey, do you need anything? What else can I do for you? You know, blah, blah. and she was like, I'm okay. Can you take me to that uh, skate party? And I'm like, really? You want to go to the skate party? And so she handled it in such a mature way. Yeah. And I'll go here like, you know, are you in pain? Are, are you know? alive? Are you dying? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was that was that was a pretty interesting experience. But yeah, there's so much of that, man. And like, you know, their perspective on boys and how they little by little start 
becoming more and more interested and more and more obsessed with that topic and uh, yeah, it's happening now yeah, yeah it's a it's a very 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 interesting stage for sure i think that may be the next obstacle that we encounter you know just <laughs> seeing what boys come around and are we gonna allow them to stay around oh yeah it's been <laughs> it's been an interesting thing you know she mine already had a guy that she called her boyfriend and this was when she was 11 last school year oh no the beginning of yeah yeah the beginning of last school year and she you know luckily i have very fluid communication with her so we talked about it a lot and she herself ended up kind of discarding it and being like you know what i don't want to date anybody anymore i'm like <laughs> it's a great plan i fully support you the interesting thing is you know your reaction as a parent i think that's your reactions as a parent i think are about you know, like 75% of the work when uh -huh. it comes to handling things properly, because you, you can very easily undo a lot of progress that you've made as a parent by just one bad reaction to something that, that they bring to you. So it's a minefield in a way, and you have to, you have to be cognizant of, of that fact, like, no matter how scandalous it seems to me, no matter how threatening this seems to me, what, what she or he is bringing to my attention or what I, what I learned about them, my priority has to be to keep the bridge in place with them and not, not undo all the work that I've done, you know, in this, in this time. So that's, yeah, that's been my perspective with when it comes to all these uh, changes, you know, she's about to be 13 and, um, <clears throat> it's it's definitely been a huge shift in dynamic with her um still positive you know still good still constructive but it's taken a lot of holding back reactions on my part it's a science man it's a really interesting dynamic yeah like you said you know keeping that bridge is the important thing because as yeah. they get older they're going to run into more things that you don't want them handling themselves and you definitely want that for them to be comfortable to bring anything to you yeah. and, and that reaction, like you say, it's going to make a huge difference. And to us, I mean, be like, oh, that's not a big deal. But to them, whatever they're going through may be like the end of the world kind of thing. It is their life. Yeah. You know, that is their life. And, and that's such an important thing to, to, to realize as as a parent, like, you know, you can be the parent all you want, but their life is their life. And whatever it is that they have going on in their immediate surroundings and their immediate life, their immediate relationships that is the most important thing in the world and it will not stop being the most important thing in the world no matter how many lectures you give them as a parent okay so i think that's also another great transition to the final question we have which is how have you adapted to all the different development stages so i think what do you uh, mean like the child's development stages yeah you know how you go from i mean like like i said lewis for us it's a little bit harder because we kind of just got that one or two stages but in mm -hmm. Diego's case, it's like, you know, he went through like the toddler stage, you know, kindergarten. And then, you know, his his child's almost, you know, going into those teenage years, you know. So how have you adapted at least with the stages that we have encountered? I got you. I got you. Well, let's see. In, in my case, it's more or less I'm in the same stage. I think these teenage years are going to be the new stage. But when it comes to like our first like official meeting, I guess, to 
to now, you know, it's more of like, hey, I'm around, you know, and she's aware of that, especially because if I'm working from home and, and she's here for the summer, obviously, you know, I'm around. It's it's more or less like, like understanding that she is growing up, so she is going to be able to fight for her opinion and fight for her point of view, mm-hmm. you know, which I welcome. Because that gives her the ability to like argue, maybe be a lawyer. I don't know. But the whole point is, <laughs> is you know, like, like you know, developing that that ability and then making her more aware of her surroundings, like stuff like uh, I don't know. Like we would walk to the post office, and now I tell her, "Hey, Natalie, I'm lost. How do we get home?" Type of thing. You know, so she's aware, like, okay, you know, house is on this street, and if I have to walk this way or walk that way to see which way to go, you know, that makes sense, and have her lead me back to the house. Mm-hmm. So these kind of like skills, I mean, she's going to use later on, but there's just so much that she has to learn, type of thing, you know, like typing. I mean, all her next set of you know, she's entering sixth grade, so it's going to be a lot of like type reports and stuff like that. It's kind of like, okay, I have all this knowledge. How do I give it to you when you're not there yet? You know? Right. So it's not like I'm a teacher, I don't know, programming or something, you know, not yet. But what if she did learn programming, then how much better would she be 10 years from now? So I don't know. It's just trying to figure out that line, man. I know you're the parent and, you know, you try to implement a lot of things into into her growing up and trying to help her with the changes and all that. Do you feel she has changed you in these past couple of years? Has she changed me? Yeah. I mean, when it comes to like um, simple things like, like, let's say her mom's at work type of thing. Like I've literally learned how to make a breakfast and that's not something... <laughs> I really knew how, you know, so it's like um, from toasting the bread to like, you know, a fried egg type of thing with, I don't know, some, some turkey bacon and, you know, I know what she likes or her mac and cheese for lunch with like, um, I don't know, some fried chicken or something I would learn to heat up in the oven. So it's like, you know, it challenges me to make sure I can take care of her better. Mm-hmm. Because asked me that question, you know, before I moved in here, like two years ago, I didn't know how to do any of that. Maybe the fried egg, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you, you see the difference. It's like, I have to like, keep up and understand that she's growing, you know? And that's harder because like before I, I would like bug her with little jokes. Uh, and then... Now she's like, that's so stupid, you know, type of thing she would say. <laughs> so, so you see that her mentality is developing. So I gotta, I gotta keep up with it, you know, make sure I'm at this right stage of her development type of thing. No, that definitely makes sense. Diego, I'm going to step in now because I want you to go to the end because I want people to mm-hmm. take away what you've experienced and, and maybe put it out there with like, in a way of like giving advice, you know, to, to new parents or, or parents that are going through maybe the same stages that you're going through right now. Mm-hmm. So in my sure. case, 
the way that I have adapted, I feel like I've adapted maybe three or four times in her stages. You know, when, when I first uh, met my partner, uh, my stepdaughter was 11. So she was all about, you know, games and playing outside. And I made the effort to, to spend as much time as I could out there with her. I even tried doing skateboarding. Uh, we hung out outside. We went bike riding. We did all kinds of things. And then before I even realized that she was already coming into like, not the teenager years yet, but she was already starting to, you know, think about other stuff, dressing differently. And, and she wanted to wear more dresses and all that stuff. So I'm like, okay, now it's, I can't be treating her like, oh, let's go play outside. But like, she's becoming a young lady. She brought me into her world. It was more about focusing on school and preparing for the future. She wants to do something in the medical field. So that's, that's something that I started trying to implement into her as to like, hey, you know, start thinking about classes and college and whenever you're not having a good time, try to make the effort more to learn about more of your future, your future goals and, and your career. Now she's at the stage where, you know, college is right around the corner. So now it's more of, okay, where would you like to go to school? What schools offer, you know, the classes that you want to take? And at the same time, it was like, I start hearing the, oh, boys are cute and this one's cute and I got guy friends. And I'm like, okay, now we're at a different stage. What I've done this whole time is just, you know, having the door open for her to come and just tell me about anything. And from time to time, I feel like she comes and tells me more than she does her mom because... I guess it's a little bit easier when you're in a way when you're a step parent because you're also more of a friend sometimes like they don't really take you as serious as like okay you don't really have the authority to say no or yes so it's like I'm kind of just counting on you to just give me your advice I think if, if you stepped into their lives at a at, a, at an older age yeah yeah that's yeah. that's what what makes it hard because she's always seen me like as her friend like if I'm hanging like whenever her cousins come or her friends come and she sees that I'm spending time with them because I like to get to know everybody and, you know, try to help them out with their their stages. She gets a little jealous. So it's, you know, yeah, he's my stepdad, but like he's one of my friends, you know. So she talks to me like that. And I give her the advice that I would have liked to have heard when I was younger. So it was like, okay, so why do you find this guy interesting? What is it about him? You know, it's would you be okay if? if you brought him by the house just to get to know him, but never saying, no, you know, this is not the time. No, don't focus on boys. And, you know, she's even brought up in the future, maybe getting tattoos and all that. So obviously I can't be like, no, that's not a good idea. That's a good idea. I could just tell her my experiences and let her make the decision. You know, she's also there where she wants to get like a nose piercing and stuff like that. And I can tell her where, you know, I've had piercings before. It may seem cool at the moment, but just think about the future. So it's, um, uh, you know, like Diego said earlier, it's just a matter of, you know, having that bridge and letting them come to you and I guess adapting as you go. And that's the best that you can do. So in your case, Diego, you know, you've encountered a lot of stages and, you know, you've managed to do the best in your ability is what would you suggest or how did you handle different cases, you know, for those first time parents or maybe they're going through the same thing? Yeah, my my thing, man, I... So when when I was when I was in, in the last church that I was in, the pastor's wife there was somebody that I got to admire a lot. She was a woman with a very uh, interesting perspective on life, very human perspective on things. Even though it was a very very Christian church, uh, she always kept it uh, very universal in the way that she approached her advice to people. 
And one of the things that she said at one point was speaking strictly to parents mm-hmm. was that you shouldn't treat kids like kids, that you should treat kids as just human beings. Right. And when you do that, you treat them with a certain level of respect that the majority of parents don't treat kids with. Cause there's a lot of condescendence, you know, that happens from a parent to a child because I know better. I'm decades older than you. I've lived, you don't know shit. Therefore you should pay attention to what I'm saying. Uh, don't think about it too hard. Just please obey me, <laughs> you know, sort of thing. And <clears throat> that always stuck with me, that whole perspective. And then as my kids got older, I started seeing little opportunities here and there to put that into practice, but it wasn't really until I became a single father about, you know, six years ago or so that I really, really started putting that into practice when I found myself alone, when it was just me and them. My perspective has been that I would not make assumptions about my kids at any of the stages of their lives. I would not presume to understand what was going on in their minds, that I would not skip the stage, the step of asking them about the thing that is concerning me or bothering me. I just to give you an example, the other day, Joshua was in here where I record podcast and he was doing his schoolwork here. You know, he sits down at the laptop here. He does the schoolwork the entire day. And I have this mouse pad here and I've had this mouse pad for a long time and I've always kept it in a good condition. It's a big ass mouse pad. You probably remember it, right, Edgar? Right. Yeah, I saw it. And this mouse pad, when I walked in to check on him at a certain point, had a whole bunch of markings that I could clearly see have been done with an eraser from a pencil. <laughs> hmm. So that pissed me off. And it, that goes back to the whole thing of reactions. If you're, yes, but also like if you're a parent who mm-hmm. loves, a person who loves keeping their stuff in a certain, you know, good shape and then organized and all that. When something happens like that, you know, it, it kind of takes you off. Cause it's like, I, I didn't, I wouldn't have done this in my own thing. Why the hell are, are you doing it to me, to, to, to my thing? So anyway, the point is that I see the, the mouse pad, it's all scribbled up with a whole bunch of uh, eraser markers. And I ask him about it. And then, you know, he comes up with some excuse and I'm like, come on, it's clearly eraser marker. So we get into this little back and forth. I get really upset. And then I go over to my desk and then I think about it and I'm like, okay, I can't expect him to understand this. I can't expect him to understand why the hell I care so much about a stupid uh, mouse pad, you know? Mm-hmm. But in, in parenting, a lot of the time we do. We just make these we have these reactions with our kids, like if they're supposed to read our minds and understand why we care very specifically about, about certain things. And so I went back and I sat down with him. I'm like, okay, listen, I want you to get to know me. Okay. And I want you to get to know me because I want you to understand why something as stupid as a mouse pad mattered to me when I came in and I saw it with all these eraser markings. And I started explaining to him how, I take care of my stuff. You know, I pointed to my laptop. I told him, look, that's a 2013 MacBook Pro right there. Do you see any scratches on it? Do you see any dents on it? Do you see it defective in any way? No, because I've taken incredible care of that thing. Same thing with my phone. Same thing with everything that I own. I'm very, very protective of it 
and I like to take care of it so that it lasts for a long time. So I don't have to go and spend, you know, $1,200 on a new laptop every two years. So because I take care of it, can you understand why something suddenly being done to it that was careless could get me upset? And by having gone through that explanation, he got to the point of saying, yeah, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. So I told him, understanding that, can I please ask you to never again do stuff like that to my things? And he was like, yeah, that's fair. And then I gave him another example. I told him, you know, the echo dot that I got you for your room, which he uses kind of like as a, as an alarm clock. Um, I told him, you know, you wrote, he scribbled like some stuff with some uh, Sharpies on, on his echo dot. And I told him, you know, the echo dot, the scribbles that you made with Sharpies and stuff like that. He was like, yeah. And I asked him, did I tell you anything about that? He said, no. So I told him why, because that's something that I got for you, for your room. Frankly, you could do graffiti on it all day if you want to. I'm not really, I don't really care. You know, that's your thing. However, if you come and you scribble all over my laptop with, with Sharpies, we're going to have a problem because now you understand about me that I care a lot about the stuff that I have. And it made so much sense to him. And I ended up, I ended that conversation by telling him, look, I want you to get to know me in the same way that I've gotten to know you because we're both two separate human beings. We're not a symbiotic thing, you know, that is supposed to like understand each other's thoughts. We can't mind read. We can't read feelings. So we have to go the extra step of expressing ourselves and letting ourselves be known to each other. And I want to discover you and how your mind works and how you think in the same way that I want you to discover me. It's going to make our relationship for the rest of our lives that much stronger. Because one day you may come to visit me with a couple of grandkids. You're going to be able to tell those kids, listen, whatever you do, <laughs> don't scribble on your on your grandfather's uh, anything, <laughs> you know, like respect his stuff. <laughs> That's very important to him, et cetera. Like, well, imagine, imagine ahead, he does the opposite. Like, he gives them all, like, <laughs> you know, like markers. He's like, write on everything. <laughs> well, that's that's the vulnerability of, of, of getting to know your kids this way and being known by your kids. They know your weaknesses. They can exploit them, I guess, if they really want to turn against you. He's like, go right all over your grandfather's rocking chair. <laughs> <laughs> go crack his like computer draw everywhere <laughs> uh but yeah like that's that's been that's been my my philosophy since i've been alone with them you know since i became a single dad it's like i i i don't want to make any assumptions about them i want to get to know them and especially because i feel that every stage that they go through they become a slightly different person and and my job as a parent should include not assuming that because I raised them since they were, you know, infants that I know them for the rest of their lives, because just like us, they have the right to evolve. They have the right to change. They have the right to change their personalities, their points of view on life, their convictions, their principles, their personalities. Like they have the right to, you know, change along with, you know, throughout time. And that means that I'm having to get to know, a different version of my child every stage that they go into so those conversations man like with my daughter as she started going into her teenage years 
as her mind started caring about different stuff, like Louis was, was saying before, caring about these, you know, different areas that she never cared about as a little girl, uh, or you were saying, Edgar, um, about your stepdaughter, those conversations with her have become so important. So periodically, I'll say, hey, you want to go grab Starbucks with me? And I'll leave Joshua here playing video games or something, and I'll go over to the, you know, Starbucks nearby. Grab a Starbucks with her for the explicit purpose of being able to have a conversation in the car because it's so easier so much easier to have a conversation in the car you don't have to be like staring at each other's faces <laughs> it's and, funny how that makes a difference yeah it makes yeah, a huge it really difference, does man. yeah put your put your guard down so I, I i take advantage of that and i know that for for her starbucks is you know a thing at this uh, at the stage so it gives me an opportunity to dig in it gives me an opportunity to ask key questions it gives me an opportunity to kind of rediscover what she's been going through lately, how her relationships are, how things are going with teachers, how relationships with other adults in her life, you know, family members, parents, myself, how everything is going um, in general, and to check in on how her mind is evolving and developing. It's been invaluable to me, like the intel that that gives you on the child and that information, the, the power that it lends you as a parent to be able to know what buttons not to push, to be able to know where their needs are, to be able to know how far you should try to push a certain issue, what areas to get into and what not to get into. It really is invaluable, man. Like the other, uh, yesterday actually, we were sitting down and all three of us took the five love languages quiz figured out once again what it is how it is that love is communicated for each of us and i did it as a very casual thing you know i didn't say all right kids let's sit down you take this quiz you take that quiz we're going to come and compare notes i didn't get a you know formal parenting session type of thing it was just like yeah um I think it came about as a result of Joshua. We were talking about personal space and Gianna was telling Joshua, like, you get too close. That's not my love language. I don't need that proximity. I don't need that physical touch <laughs> all the time. Like, you know, that's not how I express love all the time. So I use that as a jumping point. I'm like, you know what? Let's let's figure out. Let's figure out what it is that, you know, our love languages are because we haven't done this in a while. And we did it. And then that gave me a little bit of intel. And it let me know where they stand right now, how it is that, they accept love, express love. Those kinds of opportunities are super important. Any way, shape, or form in which you can get to know your child as a separate human being will give you much more ability to parent better because you're not just doing a cookie cutter thing. You know, you're not taking like one set approach for every one of your children. If you have, if you have multiple children, I think the biggest thing that I can say in the form of, of advice is give your children the respect of treating them as individual human beings, get to know them as individual human beings. And in as much as possible, tailor your parenting to them. You know, don't try to make them become this idea of what you think they should be. Don't try to make them become a carbon copy of you. Try to help them become the best version of themselves that you could possibly help them become the rest, you know, it's just human differences, man. You know, we're not, I don't think we have to necessarily 
mesh with our kids in every single area. I think like with any other relationship, we kind of just have to tolerate each other, bear each other, be in peace with each other, understanding that there's going to be differences. But, you know, when it comes to the important things, try to influence in those things. When it comes to principles, when it comes to morals, when it comes to, you know, worldview, when it comes to being productive in society, when it comes to being a decent human being, those those issues, find your way in there in as strategically a way as possible to try to impact them in a positive way. I think that's overall my my goal with, with my kids. No, I think that's sound advice, man. It's it's pretty smooth. It's pretty pretty standard. And and uh, for those listeners, it's like, hey, you know, if you've been telling your kid, hey, do this, do that, maybe it's a good idea. You know, uh, what what would they want to do, or, or 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 talk to them so they can see the importance. You know, so that's cool advice, Diego. Thanks, yeah, man. following up on Lewis, you know, for me, simple advice would just be listen. You know, they all have something to say, and just take it from there. So I think this is a great point for us to stop. Like I said once before, thank you guys for taking the time. Listen to us. I think you should stick around for our next episode, which is going to be pet peeves. I'm pretty sure that's going to be a fun one. Uh, guys, anything else before we, we sign off? I'm good on my side. Good here, man. Good episode. Good chat. Definitely. All right, guys. So hopefully next time, you know, we'll be back to our nighttime drinks. So, guys, with this, we're going to sign off so you know where to find us. We're going to be on Facebook, on Instagram, and now on Twitter. So, if you want to reach out to us, any comments, questions, concerns, or just say hello, you can find the links down below. So, see you then. Drop that beat. Remember to subscribe or follow the shows on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. You can also keep up with the guys on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Imagine noise.